Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. You ready? <laughs> you expected? It's always the hungry ones that get fed. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's just uh, give Pastor Ross a welcome as he comes to bring the Word of God. God bless you, Dal. Thanks, Dal. Wow, it's so good to be in church. Nice to be warm in the house of God, eh? We've had our fireplace going like crazy the last few days and enjoying warming up the house. Just before I preach today, I felt the Lord stir me earlier this morning to pray for those that if you're the only Christian in your immediate family, maybe um, that's in your uh, immediate family, you're the only Christian. Maybe you've been saved for years, maybe only for a short time. But hey, the enemy really tries to harass our lives. And I just want to pray a prayer of faith to strengthen you so that you'll be faithful You'll stay strong, focused, and you'll get fruit and see transformation. Just lift your hand. If you're the only Christian in your immediate family, just keep it up for a minute because we want to pray. Because, hey, it's, it can be so challenging sometimes being the only one who truly follows Jesus. And God wants to strengthen you today. And I want the rest of the church to look around and find someone with a hand raised. And I want you to go and stand beside them as a, a sign of strength. Just keep your hand raised because I want to believe today God's going to really strengthen your life congregation turn around and find someone everyone's got their hand raised i want someone to be standing with them around them just supporting them today just reach out with a prayer of faith uh reach out to uh just join together and i want you to pray for them right now that god's going to strengthen them holy spirit just stirred my heart today to to encourage everyone who's the only one who's really standing strong for jesus in, in your household or your media for god we believe today lord you would strengthen all of these precious men and women who have chosen to follow you lord you are their lord and savior and you know the challenges sometimes the words that are spoken the looks that are given lord the comments that are made today lord strengthen each one of these men and women i pray in jesus name let them keep their eyes on you Lord, let your love, your peace, your presence overflow their hearts, I pray. Lord, they would not pull back out of discouragement. Lord, they would not settle it back. But Lord, they would stay passionate and on fire for you, Lord. Lord, refresh them. Give them wisdom how to love and reach out to their family and friends, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for strengthening them today with your power and love. Breakthroughs, Lord. Lord, we pray, even though they've been faithful maybe for years, in their witness for you lord you know how to reach their hearts you know how to touch their lives and bring revelation bring breakthrough i believe for that in the mighty name of jesus christ amen and as i was praying i just see some of you have people looking at you and with condemning eyes i want to say stay faithful to god stay faithful because the light will always outshine the darkness god bless you let's take our seats Hallelujah. God is good. Beast, just stay faithful to our God. And God wants household salvation. I love the jailer in Acts 16, how that him and his whole household got saved. And that's a promise I hold on to for all of our household and our immediate family. And God knows when and how that can and will happen. But let's stay strong. Well, as Marilyn was sharing, there's been some tragic things happening around our world and we just see strife and violence around the world and sadly we see and hear of that even in households around our our city and our community where there's 
conflict and strife and brokenness and, and sickness and pain. And every time I go up to the hospital and pray for someone, I look into all the wards and I think, wow, there's someone else battling through um, cancer or brokenness or pain and, and just the overload that can happen in people's souls. But today, God spoke to me a verse just a few days ago and I want to share this. It's, it's one of those verses that seems an unusual verse, but it's very powerful. Romans 16 verse 20. It says, everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. That's a powerful thought there. Be wise what is good and innocent about evil. You don't have to understand everything about evil to be able to reach people that are broken. Know the right. Then it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Just have a little think about that. What an amazing picture. Here's the God of peace. In his place of peace will come and crush Satan under his feet. And I thought, wow, that just started to burn in my heart earlier this week. And it's just been going all week. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And I want to just talk a little bit about the power of peace. The message version says, don't be gullible in regard to smooth talking evil. Stay alert like this and before you know it, the God of grace will come down on Satan with both feet, stomping him into the dirt. Ah, I love that picture. Enjoy the best of Jesus. (laughs) Just leave that one up for a moment. Sometimes there are schemes of the enemy. There is stuff comes against us, around us, influencing us to try and rob and steal our peace. But here, in the kingdom of God, is the only place where peace becomes a military weapon. We have the sword of the Spirit, we have all other things, but here the Bible actually talks about the peace you and I have with God, the God of peace, actually becomes a very powerful weapon to destroy the schemes of the enemy that might come against you, that might be around us, that might be trying to rob your peace in your mind or your heart or your household or our community. The God of peace can come and destroy the schemes and works of the evil one. And because when you are at peace... You're at a place where you can hear from God and flow. You're not wasting all your energy and effort trying to sort out all the anxieties and fears and strife and conflict inside of you and around you and draining you. So that's why peace becomes a powerful, powerful place of victory. That's why the enemy tries to rob us so much. A violent act in the heavens is what released supernatural peace over the city on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit got poured out, opened up the heavens, next minute His Spirit is made so manifest and real, and then the power of God comes, and people's hearts come into peace, and are transformed, and a whole city is changed, and that was what was the beginning of the church that we live in um, today, in the 21st century, And, and God's grace is at work. It's the presence of peace that undoes the works of darkness. In an atmosphere of peace, darkness cannot prevail. When you decide, I'm going to live in the peace of Jesus in my heart, guess what? There's no room for fear or anxiety or worry to rule you. If 
the Prince of Peace lives in your heart and mind, you immediately push away the other things that might try and rule and bring destruction. This is how the God of Peace daily can crush Satan's plans under your feet. That's how that verse works. And it's a daily choice to let peace rule, to let the Prince of Peace rule, or to let the other stuff come and rob and steal from our place of peace. Each peace-filled moment you experience brings terror to the powers of darkness. Peace invades the places that darkness mistakenly assumes it owns. What happened when Jesus came to this earth? The heavenly host came, the glory of God came in the middle of darkness, the light and glory of God filled the hills and the shepherds were overwhelmed, the angels of heaven started to come and the angels spoke and said, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. That's where the God of peace came to crush the works of the enemy. The enemy wants to fill our lives with fear. He wants to own the thought lives of humanity. He wants to set the atmosphere and climate in regions throughout the earth. And boy, there are some towns and cities and some households you walk into or you drive into and you just feel darkness and evil and strife. I've been to some countries in the world where you can feel the atmosphere. I remember many years ago I flew into Myanmar, which was known as Burma. I spent 48 hours in that country and I was with a team and we were taking Bibles, smuggling Bibles into the Christians there. It wasn't a communist, atheistic country. It was a military dictatorship that just didn't want anything from outside Burma to infiltrate their thinking of their culture. The people could be Christians inside, but they just didn't want anything coming from outside to, to affect their culture. So we took Bibles, and I'll never forget, we landed in uh, Rangoon Airport, and nothing had changed in that country for 45 years since independence in 1956. There was not one new building had been built in 45 years. Not one new vehicle had been put on the streets. Everything was 1956 or earlier. Nothing had been painted, no buildings, nothing had been repaired. It was the craziest, weirdest time warp I've ever had in my life. 48 hours were there, the longest 48 hours of my life. But the thing that felt so bad was fear gripped that nation. They estimated up to 60% of the population were informants on one another to the government. So as soon as you walked the streets, all you could feel was this power of fear and everyone's eyes were just terrified with fear that someone was going to report them for something to the government. It was the craziest, craziest world. We ended up meeting up with some Christians. We had two phone numbers. That was all we could do to ring and find some Christians to deliver our Bibles. It was the craziest time of my life. But when we got to the Christians and met them, they're singing and praising God and the peace of Jesus was in their world. I had a great time with the Christians because it wasn't illegal to be a Christian. They just didn't want anything coming from outside. So Bibles and everything else was banned from outside. But if they had them inside, they wouldn't take them off them. It was a crazy world. But I remember that atmosphere of fear. But when they'd start to praise Jesus, there was this joy and freedom. 
at about 10, 15 at night, they said, you've got to get back to the hotel. So, and we were having supper and they said, no, you've got to go now. I said, why? They said, it's curfew at 11. I didn't know what curfew meant, had no idea. 10.30, we get on the road and about quarter to 11, we get to our hotel, which was about a minus one star and that was the second best hotel in the, in the city. Nothing had been built, it was, cha- everything, it was just the craziest world. It's changed now, but it was crazy. Quarter to 11, everything went deathly calm across the streets. This fear came down like a cloud. 5 to 11, there wasn't a sound anywhere over the whole city of 2 million people. Everyone's locked inside. On the stroke of 11, all of a sudden, the army tanks rolled out on the streets. The soldiers marched the streets all night, bringing fear and terror over the whole city and the whole country. 6 o'clock, they'd go back to their barracks. It was the craziest world I lived in, but I thought the power of fear that can control millions of people. And the enemy tries to control you and I with his fear, rob the peace that God has for our hearts and our lives. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I share that story because it, it so impacted my heart. And in the middle of it, there were Christians still living in freedom under that. They had to walk with wisdom. But in the middle of it, no matter what comes to rob your peace, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so we can push back darkness. Peace prevents darkness from having the upper hand. We do not need to yield to the strategy of the enemy, for peace comes by ushering in the Prince of Peace and His Kingdom. This Kingdom comes through the presence and person of the Holy Spirit. Where His presence is, there can be peace that's why you come into church all of a sudden we start to sing and worship and open our heart and hear the word of God and things start to shift in our mind and our heart and we walk out of here with peace and hope for the days ahead because you've met Jesus you can do that in your personal devotions when you're in the car on the way to work put some praise worship music on and you can have his presence of peace you carry wherever we go it's a choice it's an attitude it's where Jesus is the prince of peace Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to pick up a story in Jesus' life. And uh, we went to a conference last week, and Banning from Jesus' culture mentioned this verse, and it really just grabbed me. The story of Jesus in the boat with the disciples. Mark 4, 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side, other side of the lake, Galilee. Leaving the crowd behind, they'd been ministering there and thousands of people getting impacted. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. I want you to note that, that when Jesus stilled the storm a few hours later, not only was their boat saved with the disciples, but all the other boats would have also, calmness would have come to them. When you carry peace and live in peace everyone else around gets affected very powerful so here we see they're in the boat a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion he obviously didn't suffer from seasickness <laughs> and he wasn't affected by the storm these were experienced sailors There's at least 13 of them in the boat, the 12 disciples plus Jesus. So it wasn't a little dinky that was going to get swamped. It was a big big enough boat. 
Some people say, well, where did the storm come from? Was it from, was it from the devil trying to drown Jesus? I don't know where the storm came from. It may have been a storm that the enemy created. It may have been just because they were going across the Sea of Galilee. I haven't been to Israel and seen it, but I've read about it. And it says the, the cool air comes down the valleys from the mountains and meets the warm air of the, the Sea of Galilee and they have regular furious storms. They do. So it could have just been one of those storms because the climate conditions were right. So whether it was a storm of the devil or it was just a storm of life, the thing is, Jesus stilled the storm. And that's what he can do in our lives. So it says, he, then they said, disciples woke and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus has just been preaching and healing the sick all day and preaching life. So these poor guys, they just did not get it. You've got to remember, this is Mark 4. It's early in Jesus' ministry, so they were still trying to work out who is he. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? I mean, they could have got an argument and said, Jesus, you've been sleeping through this storm. We've been wrestling for hours trying to save the boat. They, then he said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey you. Let's have a look at verse 39 in the message. It says, awake now. He told the wind to pipe down and said to the sea, quiet, settle down. One of the versions says, he got up and said, peace, be still. The wind ran out of breath. The sea became as smooth as glass. Then Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? These are seasoned fishermen. They were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. Verse 39 in the Amplified says, And he got up and sternly rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still or muzzled. And the wind died down as if it had grown weary. And there was a great, at once a great calm or a perfect peacefulness. Wow. Wow. What an amazing, amazing scene we've got here. This storm, it's probably early morning by now. Why was Jesus able to be so at peace in the midst of a destructive storm? Several reasons. He knew who he was. And he also knew that the Father had promised him and said, I want you to go across the lake and he knew when he got to the other side, he was going to meet the demonic Gadarene, set him free, who then went and preached the gospel to ten cities. Jesus knew his purpose, so he knew he wasn't going to drown. So he could go to sleep when the other guys, oh, what's going on? When you've got a peace in God, you can go through any storm in this life. Sometimes God will stop the storm. Other times he'll give you grace and wisdom how to get through the storm and come out the other side. So don't get angry at God if the storm around you doesn't stop. Just keep trusting him because you can have peace inside and that will bring peace to the others that are overwhelmed around you. That's the power of having Jesus, the Prince of Peace, inside of you and I. So Jesus, he carried that peace and he was at rest with his Father. He was at peace with the purpose of God and so he was able to rest in the middle of the storm and then he was able to get out off his pillow 
speak to the storm and the peace in him overcame the turmoil of the storm. That's what you and I have by the power of the Holy Spirit. The peace of Jesus in you and I can overcome the turmoil of the storm. But the enemy will try and rob us of our peace inside of us so that then we don't have that power to still the storm of other people's lives around us. Wow, that's what Jesus was demonstrating to us. Peace, be still. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And, and he wants to demonstrate that in our lives. When you have peace in your heart and mind, you are able to stay focused on your calling and purpose in life. If you're a parent, you've got a calling and a purpose to raise those children and young people in the ways of the Lord. And there can be turmoil and strife, which happens occasionally with kids and parents because there's a wrestle of who's actually in control. The wrestle on this night in the boat was fear was trying to be in control, but Jesus, when he got up, was in control. And so we see his presence come. Sometimes Jesus will rescue from the storm, but he will give you grace to grow through it. Get closer and grow in faith in him. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Wow. A child of God is a peacemaker. He didn't say peacekeeper. What do peacekeepers do? Soldiers go in and they just keep the peace. They just keep the warring parties away from each other, but they don't resolve the issue. I was a peacekeeper when I was younger because I just didn't like conflict and strife and I wanted everyone to get on together. And so one day God challenged me and said, someone was preaching about peacemakers and as clear as a bell, the Holy Spirit says, you're not a peacemaker, you're a peacekeeper. And I just sort of think, what do you mean? And then he took me on a journey and showed me that I was a peacekeeper. I wasn't a peacemaker. What's the difference? A peacekeeper will keep peace at any cost but never deal with the real issues. And so they'll just come out with Avoiders are peacekeepers, not peacemakers. Because sooner or later, if you don't deal with it, it's going to be a volcano that's going to erupt in this huge explosion of anger or reaction or turmoil. And most of us just want to have peace, but we'll do it at any cost instead of dealing with the issue. That's why Jesus said, speak the truth in love. Sooner or later, you've got to deal with the underlying issues that are causing strife or conflict within us or around us. And Jesus said, you've got to learn to be a peacemaker. Peacekeepers will try and keep the peace and always blame someone else. It's the government's fault or it's, it's the bank's fault or it's, it's your great-grandfather's fault for not teaching you right. You know, we'll, we'll just always blame someone else instead of saying, God, what's my part to grow and change to let the Prince of Peace rule in my heart and mind and behavior so then we can see peace rule. That's another whole sermon. If you find you're an avoider and you just try to keep the peace, ask the Holy Spirit to take you on a journey to teach you how to be a peacemaker and what that really means. And He will because He wants us to be peacemakers in his, by His Spirit. Peace with God, peace within ourselves and peace with others. Colossians 3.15 is a very powerful verse. In the Amplified it says... Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. 
To this peace indeed you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Wow, it says, let the peace of God rule. One of the versions of the Bible says, let the peace of God be the umpire of your mind or soul. Some of us watched the State of Origin on Wednesday night and there were a few questionable calls by the referee or the umpire. Yeah, just a few. And you can go to any netball uh, event or a junior soccer or football and the referee umpire, they just get it wrong. Sometimes. Everyone's an expert from the sidelines, hey? And sometimes we can be like that with one another or with God. I've learned that when God's peace starts to lift off my soul, I know I've got to stop immediately and say, Lord, what's happening? Have I just shifted sideways on an issue? Have I let fear or anxiety or worry or negativity or the past or whatever control me at that point? Or am I heading a wrong direction? And the Lord's got the orange light on and says, stop, slow down. I've learnt the more I listen to the peace of the Holy Spirit in my heart, and if I start to lose it, I've learnt to stop quickly and say, Holy Spirit, what's happening inside of me or around me that I need to be aware of? Am I stepping over lines? Am I starting to control someone? Or am I letting my emotions rule me instead of being led by the Spirit? Am I allowing what happened last year to lead me now when the Holy Spirit's taking me on a different faith journey. Let the peace of Christ be the umpire of your soul. Very, very powerful, powerful verse. Because I don't know how to find the will of God. Well, this is one of the best ways I've learned. If the peace of God lifts, I start to ask why. Maybe I'm just not seeing it right. I might still be going in the right direction, but God just wants me to get some more things in perspective and I'm, my trust factor has dropped off or I'm now letting fear rule instead of faith. I mightn't be doing the wrong thing. I just need to adjust my attitude and process. Let the peace of Christ rule. Let the inner calm be yours. What are some of the robbers of peace? Just want to look at a couple this morning. The first one which is obvious, but it's also one that we sometimes ignore as believers, and that's sin. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and His grace in which we now stand. Sin separates us from God. Judas was on the outside because he'd already started to sin and betray Jesus. And sometimes guilt and shame and all the stuff that goes with sin. And we can, we can justify stuff. Say, well, it's my right. Or they've just been hard to me, so I've got every right to get angry at them. Well, emotionally you might, but before God, that just doesn't stack up. You can blame someone else for your situation. Sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, we know if we don't come to Jesus that eventually we'll have spiritual death separated from God. But I have learned that any sin, any little lie I say, or it begins to cause a death of trust or intimacy in a relationship. It begins to bring a death of open-hearted response in my worship or prayer. 
So it's true. The wages of sin is death. Something will die of intimacy or trust or freedom in your soul whenever we go over lines of trust of our sexuality or our words or our promises or whatever. Something gets blurred and dies. But the good news is that in Jesus, he restores peace to our soul. So one of the first robbers of sin we need to be aware of is sin, disobeying or doing wrong things. Secondly, it's unforgiveness. One of the worst ones is unforgiveness. Hebrews 12, 14 to 15 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Where does bitterness come from? It comes from unforgiveness and it grows into this root that defiles many. Let me tell you, when you've got unforgiveness in your heart, and there may be some very sad things have happened to our souls and some very hurtful things have been said and offences occur, but if we let that grow and don't forgive... We, we make room for a root of bitterness and that will rob your peace quicker than anything. Because you're just thinking about that person and the injustice and I'm going to get even and, and you, you're scheming all this stuff. You don't have peace. But when we forgive, Jesus shows us how to forgive. And I've heard people say, well, I can't forgive them because if I do, I let them off the hook. No, you don't. You let yourself off the hook and you release them for God to deal with them. That's what forgiveness really is. Unforgiveness is like getting some poison and you drinking it instead of giving it to the other person. Because it poisons your soul. And, and it's, it's hard, but it's also true and powerful. And let me tell you, it will bring peace. When wounds happen in a marriage or a family or a household or stuff, if we don't start doing the forgiveness thing, we are allowing room for peace to be stolen from our souls. One of the words for offense is trap. And the enemy tries to trap us into that. So I encourage you to walk it. And I'll look at one more and then I'm going to finish it off tonight. Fear. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow. Fear will rob your peace. What happens when you get fear? Because you start to see something else bigger than God. It becomes so focused in your mind. Fear will distort reality. I can have a 50 cent piece and if I hold it out there, I can see it for what it is. But if it's right there, that's all I can see. That's what fear does. It blocks your view of God and his faith and peace and promises. But when you start to say, God, you've promised his peace is a gift for you. So it says, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm not going to fear, fear not. Someone added up the fear nots in the Bible. They found 366, one for every day of the year and even one for the day of the leap year. So there's no excuse. There's a fear not for every day of the year. Because God knows how it robs your peace and it will distort reality and it gives room for the enemy to start to operate through our souls. Because remember, the Prince of Peace... Jesus, the God of peace, will crush Satan under our feet. These are some of the things that still rob from us. Sin, unforgiveness, and fear. And one more verse. 
We'll wrap it up and tonight I'm going to talk about some of the others of strife and conflict. James says, where there's strife, there's room for every other evil work. That's what James 3, 16 says. You just can't afford to let strife rule in your heart or in households or families because it makes it opens the door for every other evil work to come. Wow. I'm going to talk about worry and anxiety and how Jesus can bring peace to that tonight. But one more verse to wrap it up today is John 16, 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you may you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus didn't promise there wouldn't be trouble, trouble in this life. There'll be someone at work that's just out to get you. Sadly, there's some evil, destructive people around the world that are out to destroy lives. There's an active enemy who's fulfilling his job description of steal, kill and destroy. But we've got our Jesus who said, I have overcome the world and I've overcome the prince of this world. When I died on the cross and rose again, I have overcome. And so he says, if you come daily and let the prince of peace rule your heart, you can then be a carrier of that peace to this world. What did Ephesians 6.15 say in the spiritual armor? Putting it on, it says, and put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Wow. So one of the things we carry around with us is the gift of peace to people's troubled souls if they're willing to receive it. Wow. Wow. Here's the message version to wrap it up as the worship team come. John 16, 33 says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will live unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. Wow, just look at that. No matter what's going on around us, it says you can be unshakable and and assured deeply peace in this godless world you will continue to experience difficulties don't be surprised when bad things sometimes happen to good people because we live in a broken world don't blame god every time for stuff but take heart i've conquered the world that's very real some people want christian life to just be perfect they get saved and think Wow, everything's just going to be perfect for the rest of my days. Sometimes it gets harder for a while because the enemy starts to fight you. You want to live in, in honestly and the business world doesn't want you to be integrous because it shows up their lies. You try to speak the truth in love and people start to slander you because they get shown up for their evil ways. So sometimes to stand up for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, there'll be some strife. But let me tell you, it's worth doing it the right way because the Prince of Peace will strengthen you and you can end up turning back some of the storms that have destroyed other people's lives. Peace is a spiritual weapon. But today, some of us have got some stuff that's been robbing peace from our souls. Some of us have got some people in our world that they just know how to unravel you in 30 seconds. You get up in the morning and think, that person at work, I'm not going to have conflict with them today. Five minutes into the day, how do they do it? They just... We're not going to have any strife today. You're having breakfast. You're having an argument. Before. How did that happen? We're human beings. 
and we just don't always do it real well. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, if we stay close enough to him, peace, he's going to keep nudging and say, hey, I'm going to show you how to live at peace within yourself. Peace in your mind, will and emotions, and then you can carry it to this broken world. Let's stand in his presence today. Oh, Jesus, I just feel his peace coming over some hearts right now. Just let the Prince of Peace just draw close to your heart right now. Let the truth of this word just get into your heart and soul. That he is the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're thinking about some of the things that have tried to rob peace from you. People or circumstances, tormenting things, deadlines and stress. Oh, Jesus, just reach out to him for a moment. Just say, Lord, let your peace come over my heart. Let your peace come over my soul. Holy Spirit, just make Jesus the Prince of Peace so real in my life. Oh, Jesus, that thing that just unravels us with stress and fear about the future. and Oh, God. God, that person that just, every time I see them, they just offend me and unravel my soul. Lord, give me wisdom to know how to forgive and how to release them to you and how to have healthy boundaries in our relationships, oh God. Jesus, Jesus. Maybe there's sin and you need to get it right with God. You've somehow slipped in a self-defense mode of lying and you realize it's just sinful. Or you've been stealing other people's money and to meet your own needs and you've been getting away with it. But God says, hey, I love you too much to let you just keep doing that. Maybe there's sexual sin and you think, oh, we can just go over that boundary. And God says, hey, I love you too much. Remember, sin just dulls some of your sensitivity to God. He loves us too much and he's drawing us back. Unforgiveness, it just kills us. But God, your grace is here. And you've come to destroy, to stamp on the enemy's head and bring peace. Just in his presence right now, let this word just just fill your soul. Just let it fill your soul right now. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. If you need to his peace to come, why don't you ask him right now, Jesus, bring peace to my mind that's just overwhelmed. Lord, bring peace to my heart and my emotions. Bring peace to my relationships, Lord. Bring peace. Bring peace to our troubled world. Lord, we just ask for that right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, I release the Prince of Peace, Lord. Lord, your, your word is true. That, the, that you, the God of peace, will, will crush Satan under our feet. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. And right now, I pray, Lord. Lord, for some that have been crushed themselves, I pray today that will be turned around and with Jesus we will stand on those things that have been trying to rob and steal our peace so that we can carry peace to our world. In Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Lord, that you are the one that brings restoration and hope and forgiveness and cleansing. If you need to make peace with God right now, why don't you ask him, Jesus, come and cleanse me and forgive me. You need to forgive someone. Say, God, give me wisdom and grace how to forgive and to release that person into your hands, Father. Heal my heart so offense and wounds will not drive me. Oh, God, if fear is 
robbing you. Lord, I give you that fear, and I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace right now. Let's just sing this song. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.